0: My name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 29 and if we're following the quarantine I believe it's episode 4 of the quarantine. So last week I took a week off just to kind of collect myself and give myself a quick break because you know this whole quarantine situations stressing out the whole world in general so I just wanted to take a week off not like there's that much news going on in the world of soccer in general. But I am back this week, and I've aggregated everything I've missed for the last couple weeks, and we are going to talk about it today. So, first off, let's begin with some, I guess, pretty positive news in my opinion, and that is that by now, most Bundesliga teams are back to some form of limited training, whether that's splitting up into different teams, whether that is training in small groups or individual one-on-one sessions with trainers, most of the Bundesliga teams are back to some form of training and even some form of small team training as well. So that is super awesome news. Good to know that most players are healthy. I know I mentioned previously that there were some players that did catch the COVID-19, but. Luckily, everyone is doing pretty well, and and I'm happy to report that, like I said, a lot of teams are getting back to some form of team training by now, so that's really cool. All right, so getting back into some news, here is some news coming out of my favorite club, Bayern Munich. So first thing I'd like to report is that Bayern has signed Thomas Muller to a new deal running through 2023, and I could not be happier. Thomas Muller lives, breathes, and embodies what it means to be a Bayern player, and I love the fact that he gets to wear that jersey year after year. He's been with the team for the long haul, from the academy years all the way through today, and I hope that he retires with Bayern, because he already is a club legend, but it'd be awesome if he could be a one-club legend and play his whole career here. That would be the most awesome way to end a career, in my opinion, but... I am just super happy that we have re-signed Thomas Muller until 2023. Another piece of news in terms of signings is that Hansi Flick, who was previously a caretaker coach, has been offered a permanent deal as head coach, also going through until 2023. And that's pretty awesome. He has proved himself pretty adept to coaching the Bundesliga and coaching a team like Bayern, which has a nickname of FC Hollywood and lots of personalities and clashes and a lot of drama, which kind of got the name FC Hollywood. He's managed that pretty well, and I think that he has earned himself this spot with how we're doing both in the Bundesliga and in Champions League action as well. So congrats to Hansi Flick on getting a permanent deal as a head coach. One of the coolest bits of news to come out of that situation as well is that Hansi Flick has went over to our sporting director and even to our board members and has lobbied to get Miroslav Klose as his assistant which I think is super cool if you guys recall Klose is a club legend he's a German national team legend he has won the world cup with Germany in 2016 so That is super cool, and I'm super proud of Miroslav Klose being pitched as his assistant to Hansi Flick. I think that is awesome news. Now, a bit of a rumor news is that Thiago is close to signing a new deal as well, which would make me super happy. I love Thiago. I think he's a great player. He is our midfield maestro and definitely one of my favorite players on the team. I really hope he stays with us because he is that engine that we need in the midfield. The way I see it is when Bayern's playing, if any player in the front, in the back, on the wings, anywhere, doesn't know what to do with the ball, is stuck in a pickle, give the ball to Thiago and he'll figure it out. He'll put the ball where it needs to go. If we need to defend, he'll get the ball back to the back line or to Neuer. If we need to pop off an attack, he'll do that also. So he is that guy to me that when you're struggling you don't know what to do, give it to Thiago and he'll figure it out. All right, well, that's enough about ranting about Bayern. The next team I want to quickly mention is Werder Bremen. Now, we know they're not having that good of a year this season at all. They're actually currently in the relegation zone. But a piece of cool news to come out of the Werder Bremen camp that they released a hashtag stay-at-home shirt. And it was so popular, it sold out within minutes. So in the world we live in now where there's no soccer, not even behind closed doors, teams are struggling to get revenue and money, and a lot of them are struggling financially, this is a cool way for Bremen to make some money, keep the club afloat, and it doesn't involve them having to do anything in large groups or gatherings. So shout-out to Bremen for releasing this awesome shirt and selling out within minutes. All right, next piece of news is a bit of a downer actually and that comes out of the Royal Blues in Shaka. So the COVID-19 closing of football season and the pandemic is really affecting them pretty bad. They are currently really on the brink of financial collapse and they're running out of money. This includes with them furloughing a lot of staff, with them reducing hours for a lot of staff with them giving pay cuts, voluntary pay cuts by a lot of the players to help keep the club alive. Even with all those measures, they are really, really struggling. Right now, they're waiting until May 2nd, which is like the do-or-die date for them. That is when the DFL, the German Football Authority, uh, releases the final payment from the TV deals to all the German teams which Shocker really desperately needs. I believe their chunk is upwards of 15 million dollars or euros, whatever the price is, and they really desperately need that to keep the club afloat. Another option I've heard being explored by them is selling off a bunch of players in the summer in order to try and stay out of debt. That strategy would normally work in a regular situation, in a regular year, but in the world we live in now, and with the transfer prices of lots of players dropping and dipping, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off or at least get the money they're looking for for players, which they probably could get in a regular transfer window. This year they might not be able to get as much money. I really hope that it doesn't come down to this kind of a desperate level, and I really hope Shaka is able to figure something out because they are definitely a really fun team to watch in the league. Like I've mentioned plenty of times on this podcast, one of my favorite games to watch all year is the Riviera Derby between Dortmund and Schalke. And even last year when they were absolute dumpster fire, they still managed to show up in the Riviera Derby. And that game was always, always exciting every single year. And this year Schalke's had a bit of a recovery with David Wagner at the helm. So I really do think that Schalke is a team I would love to see stay in the Bundesliga, and I hope that this does not ruin them completely, because Schalke is a super fun team to play every year. Anyway, enough of that. Last bit of news before we get to our weekly transfer rumor segment is coming out of the DFL itself, the German Football League, and that is they want the season to end by June 30th. Now, two questions I have with that are, is that really realistic? Is that a possibility to complete the season, hopefully at least behind closed doors, by June 30th. Now, they can say this all they want. I know as an MLS fan, the MLS keeps saying, oh yeah, we want to finish the season. We still intend on playing a full 34-game season. The Germans are a little bit closer to the end of their season, but setting an arbitrary date like June 30th does not take into account the science of how disease spreads and how this coronavirus COVID-19 is affecting the world. That is something that you can't put a date on. That is something that you need to consult with scientists, with the World Health Organization, with your local country health organization to figure out what the situation is in each locality, each state, each country. And based on the advice of those people, of the scientists, of the people that understand the spread of this disease and how to mitigate it, those are the ones that should be deciding when, quote unquote, society reopens. So I, you know, if you ask the question, is it too soon? I can't answer that. But that is something that I would not set an arbitrary date to. That is something that I think the DFL needs to listen to, the people who know what they're talking about. And make their decisions informed based off of that. Would I like it to be over by June 30th? I'd like for there to be soccer back tomorrow if I could. But realistically speaking, I want everyone to be healthy and alive at the end of this. And the only way we get there is by listening to the scientists, listening to the medical professionals who are on the front lines of this and who can provide us with the most up-to-date Data and up to date recommendations on how to proceed. So, do I think it's too early? Probably, but it all remains to be seen based on data and scientific recommendations. That's what I have to say about that. I don't want any league in any country rushing to get the season done by a certain date because of optics or because of financial struggles. That's not what I want to see. I want to see the decision made based on science and data. All right, the last two segments of the episode. So the favorite one that I like to do is transfer rumors without even looking into how legitimate they could be, but just looking at the transfer rumors for the fun of looking at transfer rumors. And the first one I found was Serginho Dest to Bayern. I believe Dest is that young 18-year-old American. I think he plays for Ajax or definitely some team in the Netherlands. I might be wrong about Ajax specifically, but I've heard a rumor about Serginho Dest going to Bayern. Would I like him here? Definitely, I, I, you know, as an MLS fan and an American national team fan, I'd love to see more Americans come play in Europe. Realistically speaking, I think we're good in the right-back and left-back positions for now which is where I believe Sergio Dust plays. I don't think we need a center back. If we're back completely healthy with Sule and Hernandez and now Alaba and even Boateng, if we're healthy, I think our back line's fine. So I don't think we necessarily need Serginho Dust. But in a couple of years, who knows? Maybe getting a player like Dust to play in that right back if Kimmich decides to continue playing as right mid or in the midfield maybe that is a conversation we could have at that time. Now, another rumor I've heard is kind of like a third-choice rumor, but that is that if Barcelona don't get Neymar and if Barcelona don't get Lorato Martinez, if those two transfers fail for Barcelona, their third player they're eyeing is Kingsley Coman. So that is a rumor I heard. I know a bunch of Bayern fans that would be very, very happy to get rid of Kaman and sell him. I am not one of them. I actually really love Kaman, almost to a fault even when he has really crappy performances. And I admit that I look at him with rose-colored glasses because I really do like Kaman and I want him to kind of snap out of this phase he's having where he's not playing so well. Maybe he still has that mental block of getting injured two seasons in a row and is fighting past that but I really, really do love Coman and I hope that he's able to come back to full form. I still remember that Coman we had in the second leg against Juventus in the Champions League where he had a 90th minute cross to Thomas Muller to tie the game up and then scored in overtime to get us through to the next leg. So it's those kinds of games and those kinds of moments that I remember Coman and I really hope that he's able to return to those type of performances because that is the Coman that I really like, and I know he can play that way even if he's not doing it right now. I hope that Hans is able to get the best out of him, and I hope the Coman stays. But as it sits, the rumor is Coman is Barca's third choice if they don't get Neymar and Martinez. All right, one of the classic rumors, I'm sure I've mentioned this guy's name in one of the previous quarantine episodes, but that is Kai Havertz, and the rumor is Kai Havertz to Bayern. This should not be a surprise at all, as most German players tend to go to Bayern, and Bayern loves signing German players as well. So that is not a surprise at all. And I think the rumor update this week is that sources say that Kai Havertz has already said he wants to join Bayern. He said he wants to go over to the record champions, which is not a surprise. If you're a young German star... You, you know that the best way to influence your career, the best way to get yourself a spot in the national team is to come to Bayern and to do well because so many of Bayern players end up on the national team and it's kind of that relationship they have. And there's, you know, that, that star factor associated with Bayern. It's always that next step up. So that is the rumor I heard there. Not really a surprise. Now, one of the other rumors I heard is coming out of Schalke. And that is Shaka is targeting Milik from Syria. A. Ah, I forget exactly where he plays. Maybe it's Inter Milan. Don't quote me on that. That's my guess. If I had to, but or Napoli. But yeah, Shaka targeting Milik is one of the rumors I've heard. So that is an interesting choice. Going back to the financial situation that we mentioned earlier, I don't know if they're gonna have the money. I don't know if they're gonna be able to afford milik or if they're going to be able to sell some players and make some money whether they're going to be able to sign anyone at all this summer it's going to be uh, an evolving situation to see how that goes but as the rumor stands that is what it is the last rumor here is with jürgen klopp and timor Werner. now i've mentioned before that uh, liverpool is targeting timor Werner because every team is targeting Timo Rainer. That's not really a surprise. But this rumor specifically states that Jurgen Klopp wants to meet and speak with Timo and talk with him and meet this player before deciding whether he's gonna move on and try to sign him or if he's gonna back off. So that's a real sign of almost like maturity from Klopp, that he wants to just sit down and meet this guy before deciding whether or not he wants to sign him, whether or not he thinks he's gonna fit the system and making a real educated decision instead of making an emotional one based on, you know, just the hype around Timo Werner. So those are the rumors that I've heard in the last couple weeks. And now the last segment of this week is going to be a pretty interesting one that I've been thinking about for a long time. All right, so the last topic that I'm going to talk about for this episode is academy teams and their importance. So I've long been a fan of the system where big clubs have academy teams, it's kind of their farm system, the academy teams provide players, every generation one or two maybe breakout stars do very well, they get brought onto the bench or they get brought in in case of an injury or just brought in as a big talent and then is able to flourish in the starting 11 of the senior squad. It seems like that system is dying both in Germany and Bayern and really across the world in general and that's something I think that's really concerning. We're almost reaching the end of the generation where Bayern has had academy players in the starting 11 for every game for X amount of years. We had Philip Lamb, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Thomas Müller and Alaba. So out of those four players, Philip Lahm retired, Schweinstalger just recently retired. We still have molar and Alaba left as players coming from the Bayern Academy, but I believe that those might be the last two that we have left coming out of the Bayern Academy that are still in the current lineup today. So where is the next generation? Who is going to step up and fill in these roles and why is it that teams are always looking abroad or looking to other teams to find the next generation of talent even though plenty of teams have multi-million dollar academies and scouting infrastructure where you know they can sign a player at age 13 to come to play for their academy but we always hear about these young young superstars but we never hear about them until they have a multi-million dollar transfer from one team to another instead of hearing the success stories of Philip Lamb and David Alba coming back from their one-year loan spells and making the senior squad and blowing up that way. We never hear those anymore and I think that's that's really a shame. So where is the next generation? Since the four players I mentioned in Lamb, Schweinsteiger, and Müller, and Alba we've signed plenty of youngsters at Bayern. Kimmich came from Stuttgart. Pavard also came from Stuttgart. Coman came from, well, he was at PSG first, then Juventus. and Goretzka came from Hoffenheim. Alphonso Davies came from Vancouver Whitecaps. And more and more stories of these super awesome, talented young players but coming from other teams. Now, am I mad that we signed these players? Absolutely not. I just got done talking about how much I love Coman. Kimmich is definitely one of my favorite players as well. And Davies, as an MLS star, is blowing up in Germany. I'm super happy about that also. But I do think that there is a need to promote from within as well. How else are teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Bayern and these big teams, Man United, going to attract the best young talent from the under-17, 15 teams to come to their academy if they don't see a spot for them to get promoted to the first team? Bayern themselves have lots of players in youth academy that I think should or should have gotten a chance to play for the senior squad that really were passed over. Right now, the closest thing we have to someone from the youth squad breaking into the senior lineup this year is Joshua Xerxes. He scored three goals in his three off-the-bench appearances, I believe. I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. But definitely has two or three goals, and each of them came off the bench. And he's the closest player that we've had coming out of the academy to getting a spot in the first team players that we've had to pass up on, Lars Lucas Mai, Olivia Batista Meyer, Kwasi Wright, amongst lots of other players. Now, these are players that frequently travel with the team, sometimes make the bench, but very rarely actually get to play first team minutes. Nine times out of ten, they're playing for the Bayern Academy or the Bayern 2 team, And rarely does that ever translate to them getting the first team. And I think that is a shame because lots of these players, I think, if given a shot, would do very, very well. And it seems to me like also the days are gone where you would send a player like, for example, Xerxi or Batista Meyer, send them out on a one-year loan to Freiburg or to Werder Bremen or to someone else where they're going to get a full season of playing and then when they come back, you integrate them into the starting lineup there. You might save yourself 30, 40, 50, 60 million euros instead of buying a player like Hernandez or buying a player like Pavard when you promote from within and have these players practice with the first team and kind of get into the system and learn from being around Alaba and from being around Neuer and Tiago in front of them and have them kind of, build their skill that way as opposed to, oh, there's a star over in France. Let's pick him up and sign him. I I, I just think it's a different way to go about business that I kind of miss teams doing. But at the same time, especially when it comes to big name clubs, whether it's in the Premier League or Germany, I understand why that system isn't around anymore. For Bayern specifically, they've won the league seven years in a row. I firmly believe if Bayern, you know, had finished third or fourth, two, three years in a row, they would understand they're not competing for the title every single year, they're not competing for multiple titles every single year, and they could take a risk on a player because they're not in a perpetual race for three titles, for two titles, for one title. If there was a season where they knew we're not winning any titles, that kind of takes the pressure off a little bit and lets you experiment and lets you go ahead and give Xerxi a shot or go ahead and give Kwasi Wright a shot instead of, oh, we, we, we're under a lot of pressure. We have to get the best, best talent right now. Otherwise, we're going to lose two titles. I, I think it's kind of a false premise. I think you can do that. You can promote from within while still chasing for the title, but I don't think a lot of managers think that way or really give youngsters like that a shot, and I think that is pretty unfortunate because I, I really do want to see a lot of these players from within get promoted on top of saving a lot of money. like they, that That's a huge factor to think about too. With the prices these days being what they are, some players go for upwards of 100 million euros. Why spend that money when you can save it and promote from within in a couple years, maybe sell a superstar like that for 80 or 90 million, you know? There's, there's lots of ways to go about it and, you know, I'm not saying every single player on your team should be an academy player, but I do think that that needs to return and we need to start looking at academies more. Now, on the flip side, there are teams that go in the complete other extreme and the example there is my home club in the MLS and the New York Red Bull. This season, we signed no one in the off season And our current lineup includes six or seven players that last year were playing for RB2. And we sold our starting goalkeeper and we sold our club legend leading goal scorer in the same offseason and we picked up no one. So this year's lineup is the remaining players that we had last year and five or six or seven players from last year's Red Bull 2 squad, which is not a bad thing. Those are good players on there, and the Red Bull 2 did pretty good last year. But that's going the complete opposite extreme, where you refuse to go out in the market and find good talent and bring in star power and talent and spend money on players. It's the complete opposite extreme. I think you need a balance there, having seven players that are from the academy coming in one offseason, including the players on our team that already came from our, from our academy. That's you know an overload of academy players versus having some overseas transfers or transfers coming in in general. So there's a balance to be struck, but I do think that a lot of the bigger clubs are refusing to, quote-unquote, take a risk and lose a title shot by promoting From Within, and I think we need to return to that as well. What do you guys think? There's lots of things I talked about in this episode, so if you guys have an opinion on the academy teams, I'd love to hear it. If you guys have any examples from your local clubs or want to vent about anything, please let me know because I'd love to hear your stories about how you feel about academy teams and academy players. If you guys have anything to say about the reopening of the Bundesliga or soccer in general in response to the coronavirus COVID-19 please let me know about that as well you can always shoot me an email at w2bundesliga at gmail.com that is w the number two bundesliga at gmail.com my instagram is welcome to the bundesliga with underscores between each word that is welcome to the bundesliga with underscores between each word all right guys i hope you enjoyed this episode my name is andrew and i'll see you next time